Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. On today's show, we ride a rocket with America's largest lender. But first, if you're new, welcome. Thank you for coming. This is a show which I hope you stay tuned into, and it's all about how some of the world's most exciting or innovative brands are mobilizing their masses to become more authentic. And today I'm on with Casey Herbis. He's the chief marketing officer of Quicken Loans. As I just said, America's largest lender. And you might remember if you did or didn't watch the Super Bowl earlier this year, their Jason Momoa spot about how it's most comfortable to be at home. The conversation that I have with Casey today certainly covers that spot, but also talks about how they leverage the high profile as well as the relatively low profile moments of their millions of clients, the authentic experiences that they have that Quicken Loans unlocks for them. And for a company like Quicken, who is marketing all the time and has media needs and content pushed out 24-7, 365, I asked a couple questions about how they leverage both sides of that coin. That plus towards the end advice on how to build a more authentic brand based on Casey's experiences, not only at Quicken, but also in the automotive industry and in the advertising agency space as well. Really great conversation, was so privileged to be able to have this time and to share it with you, so I'll do just that. For now, sit back, relax, and listen in to our podcast today with, from Quicken Loans, Casey Herbis. All right, everybody, I am here with Casey Herbis from Quicken Loans. Casey, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are y'all doing up there? Uh, Adam, thanks. Uh, spring is finally upon us here in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, things are very, very good. And, you know, work from home for the last couple of months, but uh, everything's going well. Thanks for asking. What's the biggest uh, transition that you found from going from working in the office to working at home, especially for such a large organization? Yeah, I mean, we're uh, at Quicken Loans. We're, we're, we're proud uh Proud company in downtown Detroit, over 18,000 team members, and primarily mostly in the office every single day. And uh, so obviously transitioning from uh, 18,000 people in downtown Detroit every day to work from home, um, that's, that's, that's a big transition for any company. Um, and for me, you know, I've been running and gunning for 20 plus years in the marketing advertising business, and I'm used to travel and you know, long days in the office and you know, to be working from home for uh, for a couple of months, you learn you learn a lot about yourself. You learn about yourself as a leader. Uh, but it's it's been it's been a nice uh, it's been a nice experience. I'm not lying. I, I, I'm antsy to get back to the office. Uh, just it's an, a dynamic environment and culture, and there's so many great things happening in downtown Detroit that I can't wait to get back to the office and uh, see everybody. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm sure many people are are saying that. You know, it's at this point, it's it's been a, a sufficient amount of time where people are starting to get a little bit restless. Of course, for good reason, and there are plenty of ways that uh, those folks are being helped along the way, including by you all, which I'll ask about in a little bit. But the first thing uh, that I want to talk about is uh, is your career leading up to this point, things that you've learned, why Quicken, why uh, why still Quicken, and that includes uh, a vast uh, a vast career throughout um, uh, the advertising industry, also through I know you spent about six years in the automotive. So I'm just curious to learn a little bit more about your journey to this point. Yeah, thanks for asking, Adam. Uh, you know, I've been. I graduated from Michigan State with an advertising degree in 1993, and I started working for Chrysler's agency, uh, Chrysler's ad agency at the time, right out of school. And I was there for my first 17 years of my career. I worked primarily on the tier two automotive business. So working with dealer ad groups, every automotive company has them, quick serve restaurants has them, anywhere where there's a franchisee factory relationship, there are generally co-ops that are developed. And 
Um, had an amazing great run with that. Uh, working with car dealers is, you know, the best way to cut your teeth in the in the retail and marketing advertising business. And then uh, the business transitioned and I was asked to join Chrysler as the client in 2011. And right as I joined uh, Chrysler, it, it was it had just been acquired, if you will, or a Fiat Chrysler uh, out of Italy and had come to the U.S. and taken control and ultimately became Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. And uh, it was a company that was on a fast track of growth. And it was exciting because we were going to introduce new brands to the United States that had been gone for 15, 20, 30 years. And so I was the Fiat, uh, Fiat marketing director for NAFTA. And that was an exciting five, five almost six years uh, working with the brand and developing, uh, developing a brand from nothing, if you will, uh, literally with working with a blank canvas and uh, launched five, six vehicles, did a few Super Bowl campaigns, built the dealer network. Alfa Romeo uh, then came over as another brand and really, really enjoyed it. And I got a fateful phone call from uh, Quicken Loans almost three and a half years ago. And, you know, when you're in Detroit, it's sometimes difficult to um, not call get out, but transition out of the automotive business. And I was I was offered the blessed opportunity to become the chief marketing officer at Quicken Loans a little over three years ago. And uh, it's been a wild ride. So it's uh, it's it's an amazing company culture, a large team. We have over 300 team members uh, at them and we're we're Detroit's in-house, you know, largest in-house agency and we produce everything from Super Bowl commercials down to T-shirts that our team members wear. So it's a really dynamic team, and it's it's a fast-paced, uh, fast-paced uh, team, fast-paced company. Uh, but you know, when you work on work on brands that are growing and doing well, it's uh, it's always fun to be associated with brands like that and to help them, you know, either stand up stand up as a brand or grow as a brand, but also protect it along the way. Right. And to be learning, you know, all the while sounds like both from the inside of creative all the way to the to the brand side to be learning also as new brands get integrated, as the entire company gets integrated into another organization. And now today, yeah, I understand why you might want to get back there. 300 strong. Everybody's looking for their fearless leader. And, um, you know, also lucky that you've you've experienced, uh, you know, some of the best organizations to be a part of out out in Detroit. And I understand that transition thing a, a little bit. I mean, I'm not a CMO, nor have I transitioned from being head of marketing from one place to another. But being down here in the DC area, uh, very heavily based in, uh, you know, federal efforts. And, you know, do you have a security clearance? Well, if you don't, well, there's a lot less opportunity for you. So, you know, I totally uh, understand that on a, I think, a microcosm probably of what you're talking about. Today, you have this team of some 300 strong as part of the, I believe you said, 18,000 employee base. And especially in the current context, I'm sure doing a heck of a lot with COVID. I want to start with this because as you guide that team through figuring out how to market authentically, figuring out how to message right now, figuring out what efforts to take on, I want to know, maybe given your career to this point, including your time at Quicken, what some of the day-to-day principles uh, that you hold to instill into your team to ensure that they uh, continue your vision e- even when at home or even when not all in the same place? How, how do you teach them to become a cohesive unit? What are the principles that you instill as a marketer? Yeah, and uh, gr- great question, Adam. I, I will share with you. Um, our, our company, uh, we're celebrating our 35th anniversary this year. Um, our chairman, Dan Gilbert, started the company back in 
1985. And when he first developed, when he started first building up the company, he realized and knew that he wanted to instill uh, values and a belief system that would help guide decisions, uh, guide decisions from very from the very simple to the most complex. And when I interviewed for the role, Adam, I, I was exposed to what they call them isms. They're very simple. Uh, there are 19 of them, uh, things that we'll talk about here, a couple here, but they're just simple, they're simple statements that carry a lot of truth and meaning when we have to make decisions. So um, I'll give you, I'll share a few of them because when I interviewed, I read, I read the book. Uh, Dan actually writes this book every year. Uh, it's presented to in every new team member that starts with the organization. There's not a day that goes by that we don't talk about these isms and meetings and discussions, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one or a room full of, you know, uh, a room full of team members making decisions. But at the end of the day, well, the biggest thing that we, uh, one of our most guiding, uh, you know, guiding principle that we most adhere to is every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. And that's the, the foundation and backbone of how this organization was built over time in which, you know, Dan also would talk about, you know, love your clients, love your team. You don't have a team if you don't have, if you don't love clients. So everything we do is very, very client centric and focused. And so that's where I don't care if we're in the office, you know, 300 strong or working from home over the last two months. Uh, it's all about doing the right thing and focusing on the client and keeping them in mind uh, along the way. Obviously, while we're practicing, you know, being health and safety. Um, so that's one of our guiding principles. Um, another one is a marketer uh, that I, I love, and this is one of my favorite isms is yes before no. Uh, as a marketer, you get told no a lot, whether it's an idea, a platform, a program, a stunt, whatever it might be. Um, but thankfully, at our place, we have a yes before no, uh, yes before no philosophy. That's one of our isms. And so that's one of my favorites because you never know where there might be a good idea. Uh, a good idea or a germation of something that uh, might be able to be developed into a larger pl program, a platform, or a Super Bowl idea. And so that's one. And honestly, the last one that I really uh, believe in that I utilize quite a bit in my uh, in my role as the CMO, Adam, is innovation is rewarded and execution is worshipped. Uh, innovation, when you're a marketer, and I don't know, I don't care if that's an idea, a tactic, an approach, a technology, a solve. Uh, that's where, you know, we want to see innovation. We do not practice, uh, you know, we do not want to just play it safe along the way. How do you continuously, you know, problem solve, look for ways, uh, ways to make a yes or a no a yes. And so innovation is rewarded and then the execution down to the, uh, down to the fine details. I don't care if it's, you know, it's something as simple as a, uh, a poster you put up in the lobby, uh, promoting something or going on the Super Bowl. No attention can be left uh, unattended to, or scrutinized, or uh, you know, or given a keen eye to. Because at the end of the day, when you when you're a marketer and you put your brand out in front of the world, I don't care if it's an audience of one, audience of one, or 120 million in a Super Bowl, your 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 brand is out there to be judged or uh, you know valued along the way. Is there a particular innovation or execution that, that you can recall at, during your time at Quicken so far that has particularly excited you and you think has been particularly rewarding for the business? Um, yeah, there's been, there's been several of them. Uh, one of the most recent one that I, I would like to point to is uh, we were just in the Super Bowl this past year uh, with our, our Comfortable campaign with Jason Momoa, who is, uh, as you oh, may know, one, of, could forget one of Hollywood's, yeah, right, 6'4", 240, Larry, married to Lisa Bonet and you know, one of Hollywood's uh, hottest stars. 
And, you know, when you do a Super Bowl ad, it is uh, it is the most painful and ideally most rewarding thing you could do as a marketer. Uh, it's seven months of endless work, late, long days, nights, weekends, and, uh, you know, some pain along the way to put your brand and message out in front of 120 million people to be immediately judged. Um, and this was this was something that innovation and a yes before no attitude, we saw an idea very early on. And, you know, when you see ideas, they're like, how could you even do this? If you let that be your, uh, if you let that be uh, an opportunity to turn an idea away or to dismiss an idea, you're missing out on opportunity. And so we kept looking, you know, we, we looked at the idea of, you know, how do you take this 240 you know, pound behemoth and he skinnies down to someone, you know, a very slight figure. And while he's talking about how home makes him most comfortable, how the heck do you even do it? And, but that's what, you know, the, the magic of Hollywood and uh, creative agencies and people to help you out with. And there was something too that all the way down to the day before, we didn't ship that commercial to the day before the Super Bowl because we kept just tweaking it and looking at it and making small little, you know, changes, if you will, because we wanted to make it absolutely perfect before we put it on the air. And, you know, uh, you know, business results have been very, very solid. Uh, but also from a, you know, the pundits standpoint, it was very, very well received. Number five in USA Today Ad Meter, number one and number two across a bunch of lifestyles. So that was exciting because that was literally, you know, a few words and a, a headshot on a piece of paper that in an idea, I was like, I don't even know how you could do this, but let's figure it out. And we spent the time to, you know, build the idea out and figure it out how to do it. Got Jason on board and, you know, the rest is Super Bowl history. Yeah, right. Oh, man, that must have been a, a wild time the day before getting it in under the wire, though. I'm sure you were going to do it anyway, but wow. It's um, what I what I always say, Adam, is, is as I mentioned earlier, as a marketer, you know, it's the it's the toughest 60 seconds of your life when you watch your your, you know, almost a year's worth of work go in front of everybody. Um, and then you're you're left to everybody, you know, giving you a thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, and it's, you know, but what I keep reminding myself along the way uh, during those long nights, weekends and moments of maybe pain and angst is, you know what, if this was easy, everybody would do it. And uh, it, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's, you know, this was my fifth Super Bowl campaign. And I'm already starting to think about next year, quite honestly, where it's like, I take a couple months off, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, it's sometimes not, you know, a couple months off thinking about Super Bowl, if you will, we've been busy. But now I'm like, you know what, it's May, I want to start thinking about, you know, February of 2021. Right, exactly. I'm sure a bunch of people are. And even with the, that season being slightly up in the air, you, you got to think about it, right? Because it's like, it's almost one of those things where even given the current context, you can't imagine a world in which they're not going to do that, right? So far out. And, uh, and and there's no reason to sit back and assume that it won't. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you've been busy in the interim, glad that you're continuing to think about it. From the pinnacle of that high profile, 120 million audience moment, the most stressful 60 seconds of your entire year, I want to go to the to the other side of the coin. And, and it's not like a top and bottom thing, but it's certainly where there's probably more volume, probably not as much audience for any individual moment. But I'm talking about the, the millions of moments that I'm sure are created by those whose lives are impacted, benefited, improved by what Quicken Loans brings to the table. So as America's largest lender, you have these stories happening every single day of people who are either, uh, you know, getting a home or otherwise unlocking new economic options for themselves and doing so responsibly through you. I'm curious what some of the ways are in which Quicken harvests or harnesses that groundswell, because 
uh, though it's not Jason Momoa transforming his entire body, it is nonetheless a similarly, maybe in a microcosm, vulnerable, emotional, raw, authentic moment. So I'm curious what happens on the other side of the coin. Yeah, and if you really think about the mortgage space, there are over 50,000 places in our country where you can obtain a mortgage. We're in the commodities business. Um, you know, we are America's largest lender. You know, we service millions of uh, we service millions of clients. <clears throat> but uh, as I mentioned earlier, Adam, you know, one of the guiding principles and isms at our place is every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, and that that approach. Uh, takes place from the beginning of the process. So that could be lead generation all the way through, all the way through close and then the servicing of those loans. You could imagine the, the amount of uh, client interaction that we have, you know, going up, you know, from a lead, lead generation through the shopping process, if you will, to close and then the servicing of that loan. You know, when you buy a home, it's you know, generally it's the number one, number two most expensive thing you, you do in your life. Um, if you refinance, okay, that might be short term, but you're not buying a new home or moving to a new home once every three, five, seven plus years. So I mean, it's a it's a big it's a big uh, process and just, it's a very emotional decision making. So a few different ways that we interact with our clients and we can tell those stories. One is social listening. Uh, so within the Quicken Loans marketing team, I've got a team of six team members that. Uh, from 8 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week, 365 days a year, we monitor uh, we monitor our own our own channels and platforms along with, you know, your your Twitter and you know Twitter or Reddit or wherever else there might be people uh, talking uh, about maybe their experience with a brand or what have you. We want to make sure that if people are having a great experience or maybe a frustrating experience that we're able to address some concerns that they have. So there's a way that we listen to our clients. And as you could imagine, as somebody purchases a home or refinances, again, number one, number two, most big, largest decision they'll ever make, they always got a lot of feedback for us. You know, one of our unofficial isms at Quicken Loans is feedback is a gift. And we take that feedback and that helps us, um, helps us refine processes, change things, uh, maybe bring different products to the marketplace. And so we, that's the way we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction. And then we have a lot, of, a lot of clients that love to tell our stories. So a couple of great examples I'll share with you. We have a program within, uh, within our organization called Operation Heart. And Operation Heart is a surprise gifting initiative that we use to enable our team members to recognize clients in a genuine way. So an example where, uh, I'll give you some examples, is, you know, as team members or as clients start to go through the process or they're servicing, they get to know their uh, they get to know some of our team members, you know, within Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. And so somebody may be talking about a wedding or unfortunately a, a family member passed away or a child being born. And our team members are, uh, have the ability and they're empowered to send gifts, to send, uh, to send gifts or acknowledgements of a, a life event or just a say hello or a thank you along the way. We tell some of the stories through that platform of Operation Heart. Uh, we also ask our clients to share their experience with bankers and uh, with their banker client, uh, their banker team member as well as that. And then recently through this, you know, pandemic and work from home uh, uh, challenge that we've been all enduring, we launched a Everybody Knows a Hero. So we did a user generate, we asked our clients to send and post videos of them thanking uh, of an essential worker 
a frontline worker, whether it be medical or grocery stores or teachers, um, you know, obviously the, the folks that are helping, you know, keep America rolling. So there's so many ways you can tell those storytelling uh, that, you know, the clients reach, it's, it's, it's outreach that we may do to clients, but a lot of times it's clients telling us that they want to tell us uh, our story. So again, when you, when you make that large, large investment in a home, um, you very well, you might, you want to work with a brand that um, understands you and can help, you know, help address uh, needs, wants, or desires along the way. Right. And, you know, people are, or can be uh, especially loud on, on social or otherwise they want to make sure they are heard. It's good to know that you are launching a number of initiatives, not only to hear and to listen, but also to be able to collect these, these stories that are so currently relevant. Now that you're getting all these stories, how, how are you utilizing them? Are you able to, to, to amplify them back into the community? Are you able to, uh, how are you able to use that? Cause it's gotta be incredible brand leverage, especially on that ground level. It sure is. It's brand leverage. And, you know, we're a large, we're a large scale marketer and advertiser. I mean, we're on air, you know, 365 days a year cr across so many, you know, uh, media platforms. And so um, obviously when it comes to some of our, uh, some of our client stories, uh, some of our client stories, whether it be the Operation Heart uh, program or somebody wanting to, or a client wanting to acknowledge a hero or share their life story, whatever it might be. Um, we utilize a, a number of channels. Uh, one obviously would be across our social media platforms. Uh, we've got a robust social media team uh, that develop, you know, curates, uh, develops, and has distribution all within the team across our social media platforms. Uh, we'll also utilize it as well for, you know, large scale, whether it be direct mail, email. I think the best way to, you know, to sometimes talk about your brand is to let others do it for you in a positive way. And so, you know, uh, we're very pride. We're very prideful of who we are and what we want to, and our, what we want to do for our clients. And, you know, where we have clients uh, that have uh, are willing to let us tell that story on their behalf or tell it in first person, uh, we'll make those platforms available to them uh, to help share their experience uh, with Quicken Loans. Yeah, and that's great too because. Being that large-scale marketer, I would assume it's always uh, refreshing or good to have an endless supply of that sort of content and that sort of story making at your disposal. So glad that you're taking advantage. Um, it's weird to say take advantage of the current context, but take advantage of any context to be able to get those stories told and shared, especially when it's with such important life events. And you're right, Adam, on the client side, that's important, but there's equally uh, is an, an equal focus that we utilize uh, at Quicken Loans in Detroit is from a recruiting standpoint and from a talent, uh, a talent brand or employer brand, as some people uh, talk about. Where uh, talent brand, that's an area within my marketing team, where you know when you have eighteen thousand, we were seventeen hundred team members ten years ago. Now we're now at eighteen thousand people in downtown Detroit. We continue to grow, uh, you know, even during some challenging times. Uh, so it's important. We're all in a we're all in a recruiting race, if you will, against other great companies in Detroit, or, you know, when you're in Detroit, you're only four miles away from some of the best universities and colleges in this country. And uh, you're always, you're always competing against, you know, companies or even cultures in, you know, Midwest or left coast or East coast, uh, you know, companies. And so we also utilize our team members to do one-on-one -on -one storytelling through their own words about what their experience is working at the organization and their their journey 
and uh, growth within our organization. So there are many different ways that this can become a benefit and the talent brand. Yeah, that's interesting to think about too. Of course, uh, that's another way to to be investing those sorts of uh, emotional moments and uh, didn't really even think about that. So thanks for bringing that up. So I want to round out our conversation here with a little bit of advice. Listeners know what's coming. It's our advice column, so to speak. But I, I want to use the last question for this because the people who listen into this show, they are marketers themselves or they're brand builders. Perhaps they're even at Quicken Loans. Who knows? Uh, or uh, so we have some people in the CMO community, obviously, where we have folks who are you know pursuing their own ventures and startups and things like that. Regardless, they are all seeking ways in which to build more authentic brands, to capture authentic moments and to build those better relationships with consumers or their masses generally. You've had so much experience with this on all different sides of the coin, and yours is a journey that our listeners would likely want to emulate. So I'm curious uh, to find this from you. Generally speaking, the question is, what advice do you have to people to help them build more authentic brands? But if it is a mantra that you have or a principle that you follow, great. It could also be in the form of a, a story, something that you learned during your career, a pitfall that you avoided. I'm just curious if there's a standout moment or two or principle or two, which you could pass along to our listeners in that regard. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, <clears throat> it's interesting you ask that in which, you know, in my automotive days, particularly when I worked at Fiat, we, I mentioned a blank canvas early on. And one of the things I enjoyed most about working on that brand was we literally were just trying to paint the picture, uh, by, by the dots or what have you. And so, you know, we didn't have to sell 1.4 or two, you know, 2 million cars a year. We were trying to sell 40, 60, 80,000, you know, depending on the year of the volume. So we could take chances. We had permission to take chances. And we did we did work in the automotive space that hadn't been done uh, or was maybe a little deemed risky or a little tongue in cheek. But that was OK. I mean, there's old there's the old Hollywood adage of, you know, if you don't the day they stop talking about you in this town, you're done. And so we didn't have the budgets when I was at Fiat of some other large scale us and foreign automakers we had a relatively tiny budget and so you had to you're the smallest dog in the room and you had to park now coming over to quicken loans and rocket mortgage we are america's largest lender uh we are america's largest lender we're very blessed with very strong and healthy budgets and so it would be easy to just play it safe uh, it would be easy just to be matter of fact uh, and unfortunately my biggest fear along the way is forgetful, being forgetful. Uh, you know, we're in a large in-house agency. And so I have a hundred plus team members that work in creative. My biggest fear about running an in-house agency uh, and being the CMO of an in-house agency is I will have ideas brought to me that I just like, or they'll bring to me just because Casey will buy them. Uh, and unfortunately, I see that happen a lot. And other industries and other brands where you know you watch their ads and you can tell you know what that that got an applause in the sales room or in the back you know the finance people applauded it but as a marketer you're like wow it's it's, it's it may be forgetful you're you're jamming 44 you know why buys and reasons to believe in a spot just to satisfy somebody along the approval chain um it's it to me i don't care if your budget is zero or it's a billion plus dollars You've got to be you've got to be able to educate, entertain and engage. When I look at a piece of creative, I try to accomplish at least, you know, accomplish all three of those. There's no reason why we can't have fun and be tongue in cheek uh, along the way as a mortgage company. So 
the Jason Momoa is a great example where that, you know, you could have easily seen the Jason Momoa, that type of concept in a beer commercial or a candy bar or an automaker. Uh, but here's a, a, a commodity brand. We don't have brick and mortar. We don't have sheet metal that you can feel and drive. We have a commodity base. And here was an idea that helped elevate a brand, uh, elevate a brand and it educated because it talked about, it talked about our product and what, what Rocket Mortgage can do uh, for clients. It, it was engaging in which I thought it was a, an excellent piece of creative and entertained along the way, you know, and collaborating with uh, borrowed equity of the Jason Momoa. We do the same thing with Ricky Fowler and PGA Tour, college football, college basketball. We like to, you know, work with other brands and borrow equity from each other and tell the shared story. So that's a long, that's a long ways around the horn of don't be boring. Uh, one of the things that I talk about internally and I'll tell you is one of, one of my mantras that I've utilized in my career is I just want to do epic shit. I want to do something where other brand, <laughs> other, other, other brands see it and they, they walk into the room the next day and go, did you see what so-and-so did? Why didn't we think about that? To me, that's the ultimate testament to, you know, you've done something good. And I see it every time, I, you know, there's many a times I walk in a room on a Monday morning saying, did you see X over the weekend? And you kick yourself because it's like, why didn't I think of that? Or why didn't we do that? And I like, I also want to be in that conversation where, you know, other, you know, I don't care if it's a, an auto brand, a candy bar, a beer, or another financial institution, they walk into that room on Monday morning and say, did you see what Rocket Mortgage did? Right. That's that. That's the bar I like to set because it means you're engaging, you're catching attention, um, and behind it is a strong brand. We're not just walk the walk, uh, you know, or talk the talk. We're also the walk along the way, and you know, we're America's largest lender. We've had uh, 16 straight JD Power Awards for origination and servicing. So, you know, I like to, you know, we like to be proudful is that we may be the biggest, but we're also, you know, uh, we also believe we're the best. Right. And doing uh, epic things along the way. It's great because you're able to you pay for that space and then you live rent free in everyone's heads for, for how long after. So uh, that's certainly a good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it's been great to learn a little bit more uh, from you, uh, from from America's largest lender, to learn how some of the biggest organizations out there are still able to capture these stories uh, on an intimate level, as well as, of course, how you use that huge star power. It was great to hear about both sides from you on the on the podcast today. So, what else can I say, Casey? Thank you so much for joining. Hey, thank you very much for having me, and uh, we'll hope to see you around soon. Thank you very much to Casey Herbis from Quicken Loans for joining the show today. Really enjoyed some of those mantras and principles that you shared, uh, and I hope that you continue to do epic, well, you know. If you enjoyed this show, here's what you can do. It's a couple things, actually, and I always say LinkedIn at this point, and I'll explain why. It's really our social and content hub. We have podcast.vavoom.co, of course, which is where all of our shows live. And these shows are also cross-posted over to LinkedIn on a page called Authentic Influence Podcast. That page has been growing uh, slowly but surely ever since we launched this. We're now just over 200 strong, which I'm proud about. And it's also where you'll see clips from the show and learn other 
things going on with us, including some events as soon as everything gets reopened. We'll have those coming to you as well. But I would ask that you follow there and also connect with me personally on LinkedIn, Adam Connor. Ask me questions. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you'd like to see more or less of on this show, and I'll do my best to bring that to you. I'll be back again in just another couple of days. As you might have noticed, I'm doing a slightly more frequent publishing schedule right now, so it might be even more soon than you realize. You'll have another fantastic episode with a brand mobilizing its masses and becoming more authentic each and every day. And until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.